Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with John Beaver of GSA Tech. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, the, the the formal name is a GSA Optimum. Sorry, I don't know if you want to start from the beginning again. <laughs> no, you're good. Keep going. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, so, uh, yes, and actually, it's a DBA of Optimum Metro Sales, Inc. And the reason why the difference in name is that in 1984, when I started the company, uh, there wasn't the local cable cable company wasn't in business yet. Mm. Uh, one morning woke up and the local cable company came out and their name was Optimum. So we, of course, were being confused regularly with the cable company. We had to change the name. And that changed in 1995 when I bought another company that was called Grim Siegel Associates. And since none of the Grim Siegel people were on board, we just used the name GSA Optimum. And that's how mm. we became GSA Optimum. Since then, we've broadened it out to uh, GSA New England, GSA uh, Virginia, uh, and GSA Sales, which is the Mid-Atlantic operation. And this all happened uh, when I started in 1984. And uh, the interesting story about how we got started was somewhat of a joke. We, I was working for another manufacturer's rep firm, and we had lost a major line called Opcon. And the... Uh, the problem thing was that I was friends with those people and I kept in touch with them. And one night I was calling them and they said, Hey, listen, why don't you uh, work for us? I said, no, thank you. I already have a job. Uh, why don't you make you a rep? And uh, they said, okay. So uh, believe it or not, that's how it all started. And with one line, I covered uh, all of Metro New York and new England calling on sawmills by myself. And at that point immediately started to, hire people and do what I called was credit card financing. What that is, um, you, you hire people and you use your credit cards to pay for it. When you run out of credit cards, you either hope you don't because then you have to fire the people and do it all over or it works and you continue on, which is what I kept on doing. And that's how I did it. But my first two lines were, Opcon, which made photoelectrics, which is for really machine automation. The other line I got because of the firm I worked with uh, was another line that the firm had, and they weren't really doing much with it, only I. And uh, after I had gotten the Opcon line and told my boss, uh, he said, well, don't do anything unethical. And I said, well, I'm taking this other line with me, a company called EDI. And uh, he said, all right, well, I'm driving to the bus station. He did, which was nice. And Melissa took me to the bus station, which was in New Jersey. And I had to take the bus and trains to get back to Long Island. Well, the time I got back to Long Island, I called up EDI, the marketing guy over there. And I said, Dennis, uh, he goes, well, John, let me stop you right there. Your boss already called me. You got the line. Good luck. So with that, I started with two lines. Uh the unique thing about that was one was a very electronic board. There were diodes. The other was machine automation I had mentioned earlier. I decided at that point, eventually, I'm going to have to make a decision as to be an electronic rep or a machine automation rep because nobody was really doing the same. No one did both industries. Well, as time grew, I realized that the strength was the fact that I was in two markets. And I kept growing in these two markets until today, where we actually have two rep firms in Metro New York with two different names, two different sales forces, and we're able to actually carry it off. I took that a step further and said, oh, what the heck? We can do almost anything. We, uh, we then got into uh, power transmission 
large transformers, but we're selling to the utilities. That actually is probably the biggest section of our business right now. We still have the electronic business. We call that GSA Parallax. We have GSA Optimum, and then we have GSA, which is more of the power division. The interesting thing is that I started only in Metro New York, but I purchased during my tenure six different rep firms, and that's how I got into other areas. Uh, and most of them were, well, I should say not most of them. Some of them were with attorneys. Uh, the, the first one was really a napkin. The second one was a company called Grim Siegel Associates I mentioned earlier. And they were, that was full-blown uh, lawyers and so forth, back and forth. And it was, we paid about a million dollars for that firm. Uh, and it worked out extremely well. After that, one of my principals uh, called me to Virginia and said, hey, you know, you really need to buy XYZ because uh, he has retired. So I went down there and literally on a cocktail napkin, I said, I will give you, uh, and I've done webinars on this, I'll give you 20% of the sales that you get for five years. I should say 20% of the commissions for five years. And that's how I bought. And that's basically all we said. And I went on to, which was pretty much the same thing we said when I bought Grim Siegel Associates was that we would buy, uh, pay for them for 20% for five years, which would worked out very, very nicely. Uh, the, the next firm we bought was now that we were in the state of Virginia and I was looking for somebody to handle it for me. Uh, another principal said, hey, why don't you go down there and buy my rep firm down there? And I was like, well, okay, that sounds like a great idea, except the guy really did not want to do it. Uh, long story short, I explained this to them and they said, oh, we'll just make him an offer he can't refuse. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we'll explain to him either he sells the firm to you or he's fired. <laughs> so uh, basically they did. Uh, he did. Now, the reason why that they wanted me to acquire him is that this gentleman was a fantastic and he is a fantastic salesperson and he is with us today and it's worked out really well for him and it's worked out really well for us. But he's a salesman. He's not a manager. He had no systems. He basically did it all and couldn't manage people. The, the secret to being in business is to amplify yourself and to hire as many people as possible, as long as you can afford it. Today, we have 27 of them, and not many firms of our size have that many people. Right. So we've kept this going forward over the years. And uh, trying to think of... Uh, on a spare moment, I'm starting to forget some of the other companies that I bought, but they were smaller firms. Right. So, and I mean, it's kind of interesting hearing the whole story. I mean, you sound like you are very good at sales. Um, where do you find most of your sales opportunities? Okay. So a lot of it's networking. So the as a manufacturer's rep, if you, do, do, you, do you know what a manufacturer's rep is? Do your audience know what a manufacturer's rep is? Not that well, not, not as well as you do probably. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I'll put it in real easy layman terms to yeah. start with, which, it would be, which will be funny. And basically it's legalized mafia. And what I mean by that is I get a piece of everything shipped into my, I get a contract that says it's exclusive. Anything you ship into the territory I have, I get a piece of using mm -hmm. the Godfather terminology, just a little bit to wet my peak. Yeah. So 
basically what it is, we're an outsourcing service. Now we'll give you the more technical term. We're an outsourcing service. We supply technical outside people to companies all over the world, the United States and so forth. So basically rather than having your own sales force covering you know, every section in the United States of the world, you come to a firm like us. Now mm. our deal, we are exclusive to you and you are exclusive to us. So let's yeah. say if you were a manufacturer of alarm clocks, okay, maybe you, uh, maybe you were the, the guy who made just the printing of the, the face. Okay? Yeah. Rather than have somebody in every state to sell to every alarm clock manufacturer in every state of the United States, you come to a firm like us. Yeah. Now, when it comes to an alarm clock, we might have like several components. So we know the alarm clock guys really well. We might have the, the ringer. We might have the, 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 the springs that go in there. Right. Uh, so when we go into the alarm clock manufacturer, we are representing five different companies. Hmm. Without us, this poor alarm clock manufacturer would have to entertain five different salespeople to get the best price on what it is. Now, I also know the alarm clock manufacturer. I know his son. I've been around forever and I know exactly what he's thinking. and I know how to negotiate with him. That's really cool. So that's the beauty of what we do. And we work so, and we work on commission. Now, our salespeople don't work straight line commission. They work on a very large salary. Okay. And they get a small commission on what it is that they sell. That's how that works. That's really interesting. So you guys are basically, yeah, I mean, it's an outsourced sales team, uh, but it is uh, focused in just one industry where you guys have complete mastery and authority uh, in this space. And how do you, because there's a lot of conversation with people I have on this podcast and also just in the communities that I have online, what is the best way to get somebody to take a meeting with you? Uh, as a client to represent them or a customer? Or like a sales them? call. Like what's the best way to get one of these people interested in the products that your clients sell? Good question. Okay, well, because we pretty much have been doing this uh, since 1984 and some of the companies that I purchased, Grim Siegel back to 1964, we're well yeah. known. So we know the contacts, we know what they're doing. So we can call it. So the, the big problem is, is will the guy take the call? Now, mm -hmm. if he knows the salesperson and knows us, he will, hopefully. If not, he'll answer an email, okay? Hopefully. If yeah. not, uh, I have one guy in upstate New York who will go and pound on your door until you, <laughs> you, you talk to him. Uh, down here on Long Island in New York City, that's not going to work. They're just yeah. not going to answer you. But that is the key. Uh, so, and if you don't know anybody at the at the company, where do you go from there? Well, then you're going to go into LinkedIn. You're going to use some of these uh, programs where they'll give you the contact names. And yeah. you'll try and go through that way. So, yeah, and that's the big debate uh, that people have in my community all the time uh, is what is the best way to get in the door? Uh, a lot of people have created creative solutions to get in the door. I, I interviewed somebody on the show. Their business does $150 million a year in revenue. I asked him point blank, do you guys ever lead with a sales call? And he said, no, or a sales pitch. He said, no, what we do is we send everybody cookies. Uh, they're really good cookies. He sends like, like they're like $50 a bag. And he sends them to his list of people in the industry he's targeting. 
And then he sends the sales team in afterwards after they sent the cookies. And so, you know, it's all creative, but it's just kind of interesting. I always wonder with people who've been doing this for a while, like what the best strategy is. I've definitely kind of moved a little bit towards that side of things in a sense, because, you know, we do a lot of, we'll do like direct sales pitches and stuff, but to be honest, I, I kind of, I kind of like the soft sell better now, like uh, reaching out to someone to partner with them or reaching out to somebody to like give them a gift or something, or I don't know, that's what works better for me, but might not work better in other industries. So do you guys have like a Trojan horse that you guys use that, you know, if you can't get in touch with anybody, this is like one way you can get in the door. You said LinkedIn, but do you just message them and say, Hey, here's what we do on LinkedIn. Or do you guys send something else like on LinkedIn? Nope. Nope. We, uh, and we're, we're, we're dealing with the engineering community. Uh, yeah. They don't have as much of a sense of humor as we'd like. So <laughs> really it's, it's, can you get his interest? And some yeah. of the things we'll do with some of our clients, we'll take on a client who let's say who's doing almost nothing in the area paying us almost nothing, but has the greatest widget that engineers want to see. So maybe that's mm -hmm. our Trojan horse. Yeah. You know, where we, you know, they will go in, we'll just sell them this, but what we yeah. really want to do is sell them that. Yeah. That's the key. I feel, I feel like at least, at least look, I, I know it doesn't say so what I've, what I've kind of found, and this might not be the same in every industry, but what I found for my clients, a lot of them are service-based clients, but they'll, most of the time, the pitch that they have for their service is too complicated for a prospect to like understand in less than 30 seconds. And so that's usually when they get the, the phone call hanging up because it's like, Hey, here's my service. Here's what I do. And then to the prospect, either it's too complicated or it's not unique enough for them to be like, Oh, okay. I want that right now. Um, whereas on the other hand, I have clients who like one of my clients has 4 million followers on TikTok, and we offer like free videos to get people interested in stuff, uh, to show them how good they are at social media management. And that's an easy one. Cause we just call up everyone and say, Hey, we have 4 million followers online. We're going to make a free video for you. Do you want it? It's like, everyone kind of understands that, you know? So mm -hmm. I totally agree. It's like finding the right thing, finding a way to get them to buy something before they, uh, pivot into something else. Um, it's really interesting to hear you talk about it. Cause that's something I struggle with a lot. And people and I know struggle with a lot is figuring out the right thing to ask to get them in. So, well, the key is to catch them at the early in the design phase and catch them with a product that they need. Like we sell sharp displays, sharp displays, yeah. something that they, they have to see, they have to touch. Yeah. You know, okay. But what you may want to sell them is all the connectors, which he forgets about until the end. Right. Uh, so it's it, it's really what I said earlier. It, it's the synergistic approach that we give them where, OK, if you're designing a new. Oh, I know GSA. I know they have a lot of products. And yes, uh, I need to talk to them about this one. And at the same time, we'll talk about everything else. Yeah, that's really cool. The strategy you guys have been employing uh, for this long. Uh, what's the secret to having a company for over three decades? Um, just showing up, just yeah. keep and networking. I network all the time. Mm. Uh, I chaired MANA, which has got 2000 reps in it. I still chair, uh, the electronic rep association here in the Metro New York area. Uh, I speak, uh, I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've written articles. 
uh, we're well known. Yeah. Uh, and I talk to reps all over the country on a regular basis, you know, what's coming up, what's new, who's your hottest flying. You have to have your ear to the ground. So we know that if another rep is terminated, that you need to get there on the spot or another rep has let a line go. Uh, or another company has decided that they're going to go from a direct sales force to a rep. You need to be there. You need to know about it first. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, well, I will say, you know, uh, for, for anyone who's listening to the podcast, uh, where can they go to hear more about you, reach out to you, partner with you? Where's the best place for them to do that? Would be to go to our website, www.gsatech.com. Awesome. Well, who are the best kinds of people that should be reaching out to you to work with you or partner with you? Manufacturers of uh, components that go into the electronic world or in the machine automation world or into the utility. You want to sell something to a utility? We can do that for you. Same thing with factory automation. Same thing with electronic. We're selling displays. We're selling capacitors. We're the only people out there that will sell you a million dollar transformer. You will argue whether it's 52 weeks or 56 weeks, or we'll sell you a million capacitors and we'll argue whether it's four and a half cents or four cents. So everything in between, we have a large sales force and no, the same salesperson who's selling the penny capacitors is not selling the transformers. They're two different. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a common question. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it, John. And I know the listeners have really enjoyed listening to you talk about your business. For everybody who has been here from the beginning, uh, John's company, GSA Tech, has been able to build a stronghold uh, in this space. He's an authority in the space. We've been doing it for over three decades. Very good at what he does. Helps in a very specific niche, which is the manufacturing space. He's a manufacturer's rep, crushes it, has over two dozen different representatives that work on different accounts. Uh, very interesting been great to have you on the show thank you so much john thanks for your time appreciate it have a good appreciate evening it too. Bye. Bye.